us be attentive. O Lord, how magnificent are your works. You have made all things in wisdom. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Wisdom. The reading is from the Acts of the Apostles. Let us be attentive. In those days, those apostles who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to none except Jews. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who on coming to Antioch spoke to the Greeks also, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number that believed turned to the Lord. News of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he came and saw the grace of God, he was glad, and he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose, for he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And a large company was added to the Lord. So Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. For a whole year they met with the church and taught a large company of people, and in Antioch the disciples were for the first time called Christians. Now in these days prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch, and one of them named Agabus stood up and foretold by the Spirit that there would be a great famine over all the world, and this took place in the days of Claudius. And the disciples determined, everyone according to his ability, to send relief to the brethren who lived in Judea, and they did so, sending it to the elders by the hand of Barnabas and Saul. Peace be unto you who Wisdom arise, let us listen to the Holy Gospel. Peace be unto all. The reading is from the Holy Gospel according to St. John. Let us be attentive. At that time, Jesus came to a city of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and so Jesus, wearied as he was with his journey, sat down beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. There came a woman of Samaria to draw water, 
Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered him, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well? and drank from it himself and his sons and his cattle. Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. The water that I shall give him will become in him a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water, that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and he whom you now have is not your husband. This you said truly. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you said that Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Women, believe me, the hour is coming, when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship that you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such the Father seeks to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ. When he comes, he will show us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Just then his disciples came. They marveled that he was talking with a woman. But none said, What do you wish or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away into the city and said to the people, Come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of the city and were coming to him. Meanwhile the disciples besought him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. So the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him food? Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. 
Do you not say there are yet four months, then comes the harvest? I tell you, lift up your eyes and see how the fields are already white for harvest. He who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life, so that sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans from that city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days, and many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, It is no longer because of your words that we believe, for we have heard ourselves, and we know that this is indeed Christ, the Savior of the world. Peace be unto you who proclaims the gospel. Christ is risen. risen. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. Ezra Pound once said, Poetry is news that stays news. And I would like to apply that in spades to the scriptures. The scriptures are news that stay news. Perfect example is our gospel reading today, an event that took place long ago and far away and yet has the most important relevance to our contemporary culture. I speak about that part of the dialogue that took place between our Lord and the Samaritan woman, Fotini, as follows. The woman said to him, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Woman, Believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. Then he continues, The hour is coming, Jesus said, and is now here, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father seeks such as these to worship him. 
God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Well, that being the case, what on earth are we doing here? This is a question that comes up quite a bit, particularly from a group among us called the nuns. That's a group particularly of younger people who say, we'll have none of it, none of organized religion. I'm spiritual, they say, but I'm not religious. This is something that they might want to back up by reading this particular passage from the Scripture. Isn't it say that you don't worship God on a mountain or in a temple or a church, but in spirit and in truth? This is something that is alive in our culture today. And I think we should have a dialogue with those as Christ had a dialogue with the Samaritan woman. How do we address this issue about the role of organized religion, churches, services, all those things that you know you hypocrites do? How do we address that? Well, first of all, I think we have to recognize that, as we say in every liturgy, that God, and as Christ said himself, God is a spirit. He's unknowable, incomprehensible, ineffable. Can't speak about him. Can't see him. Can't touch him. He's a spirit. Yes. But what are we? We're not angels. We're sensible beings. Now, be careful. When I say sensible, I don't mean rational because we're far from rational. I mean, we're sensible in that we need our senses to perceive the world. And our senses must mediate between the incomprehensible, invisible, unknowable God and our souls which, like God, are also indivisible, invisible and uncomprehensible by the senses. We need the senses to mediate. That was what the point was that Moses discovered in the wilderness. If you look at the book of Exodus, you will find that a good three-quarters of it doesn't deal with the drama of crossing the Red Sea and setting up in the wilderness and eating the manna. It deals with how to build a church. It's more of an architectural guide than anything else. And God is very specific in this book, how he wants the temple where he is to be worshipped to be built. Right down to the little doodads that hang from the tapestries of the curtain. Now, why would God, who is everywhere and can be worshipped anywhere, 
want you so specifically to know how to worship him in a particular location? Well, because he recognizes that we're sensible beings. And if we are going to lift up our hearts and our hands to God, we're going to have to first elevate our senses, organize our presence in a holy place. And not only is that the wisdom of the book of Exodus, as God instructed Moses in the do-it-yourself manual that is Exodus, it's also the wisdom of the Orthodox Church. Taste and see. Every sense is appealed to through incense, through song, through prayer, through prostrations, through icons. Every sense is elevated and brings us closer to he to whom we want to elevate ourselves. So that's one reason for organized religion. But besides, think about this. We're sensible. We're not rational. But we do know how to rationalize. And before you know it, if you're out there on your own, the next thing you know is you're going to start lowering the bar slowly, slowly, slowly. So instead of following the Judeo-Christian way of doing it, before you know it, instead of the Judeo-Christian, you've got the Church of Judy or the Church of Chris. You know how that goes. Well, over there, they preach Ten Commandments, but here we say, well, you do two or three, that's not so bad. We rationalize. We lower the bar. We don't keep the standards to which we are called to keep. And yet, I have to say, the nuns do have a point. Because although the church is the body of Christ, sometimes it looks like a corpse. And that's a problem. But the nuns didn't identify that problem. It was the prophets. So I'm going to read you something from the prophet Jeremiah. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Stand in the gate of the Lord's house and proclaim there this word and say, Hear the word of the Lord, all you people of Judah, you that enter these gates to worship the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Amend your ways and your doings and let me dwell with you in this place. Do not trust in these deceptive words. This is the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. Here you are, trusting in deceptive words to no avail. Will you steal, murder, commit adultery, swear falsely, make offerings to Baal, and go after other gods that you have not known? 
and then come and stand before me in this house, which is called by my name, and say, we are safe. Only to go on doing all these abominations? Has this house, which is called by my name, become a den of robbers in your sight? You know I too am watching, says the Lord. So you see, they do have a point. It's only going to work if we breathe into the corpse of our fallen nature the spirit of the Lord in the house of the Lord. We have to have not only an organization, but we have to have an organic, prophetic life to that organization. And that's our challenge. We are really more like frogs than any other creature. We're amphibious. We live in the spirit, and we live in the body. We're sensible, but we also have spiritual longings, a desire to commune with the ineffable. And we have to merge them together. And if we do that, we might succeed in merging together whole cultures that will come into the temple of the Lord to worship him in spirit and in truth. And may he who today proclaims the prophetic word of the Lord, Jesus Christ our God, be with us as we work to elevate our senses unto his almighty invisible throne. Amen. Please rise.